0: reading from Judges about Gideon. That's in Judges chapter 6 verses 1 to 16. The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops the Midianites, Amalekites and other eastern peoples invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and I delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah, that belonged to Joash, the Abba's where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive.
1: Well, it's great to be here on a Sunday morning. Everyone's in the house, or most people. For those of you watching online, welcome. It's just such a blessing to be in church again, isn't it? It's such a privilege and it's something that we've perhaps taken um you know for granted perhaps and hopefully we can come afresh and just really be excited about gathering again and being in fellowship in person with the people of God it's just a great privilege um look I I, first of all I'm I'm really excited about this new series that we're going to look at leading up to Christmas looking at the essential gift that Jesus is And today, we're going to go into the Old Testament and look at Gideon. So we're going to see how kind of that plays out and what God does in him. But first of all, let's pray and ask God to help us to digest his word and apply it. Father, thank you so much for the privilege it is to come into your house, to quieten our hearts, and to worship you through the hearing of the word, and the fellowship of the people. And I ask that you would speak to us this morning, that we would ready our hearts, and to be equipped with your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Who here uh, likes surprises? Is there anybody here that actually likes to be surprised? There's probably three people. Um, I'm I'm definitely one of those who wouldn't put their hand up. i really dislike surprises. The kind of surprise where I mean you you may have had a, a surprise party, you know, where you walk into a dark room and all of a sudden, surprise, there's a whole bunch of your friends and your family and you get really excited, the adrenaline's pumping. I really dislike that. I I'm not that kind of person that likes surprises. Or the kind of surprise if you're a parent in the house you're planning this weekend away. It's looking fantastic. The weather is supposed to be 25 and sunny. It's, it's just the perfect plan. And you wake up in the morning and actually you're woken up by one of the kids who taps you and while you're in bed. Mom or Dad, I feel sick. And the whole plan for the weekend has gone out the window because one of the kids is sick. Has anyone experienced that? Like, or, or, or you're about to sit down after a really long day, sit down with your spouse and watch Netflix or something, just to kind of chill. And one of the kids is wanting something after they've already been in bed for an hour. I want milk or I'm itchy, or I've got a headache, or or something, and it's a surprise that really isn't welcomed. But look, I I am one of those people who who am not a fan of surprises. Uh, I don't know many that are, but some of them are out there. I saw some hands. But look, today we we see some surprises. We see uh, Gideon is surprised by God who challenges him to do something crazy. So... We're going to have a look at uh, uh, the book of Gideon. Now, to give you an example of where Gideon, uh, of where the book of Judges kind of sits in the Old Testament, you have Joshua, who has just led the people of Israel um, into the promised land here, starts with Joshua's death, and then you've got about 330 or so years of war and peace, and then you've got, you know, King Saul who... At the end of it. So, this is before the kings. And so, to kind of give you an overview, the people of Israel were commanded to drive out all the Canaanites in the land. Because the Canaanites were a culture of people, very corrupt. And so, when they got into the promised land, they actually didn't drive out all of them. So, what happened when they got there, they started adopting their practices they had forgotten God and the fact that they that he's he brought them into the promised land they started being corrupt and started sinning and started disobeying God and then as a result they started getting oppressed by the nations so we see the cycle of judges looks a little bit like this you have the people of Israel who end up being Um, in rebellion, so in apostasy. And it's a simply, I mean, apostasy is simply an abandonment of loyalty. It's Israel abandoning what they knew to be right and true. And they rebelled against God. They started worshipping false gods. And out of that, because of that, they go into bondage. And you see, it's a cycle they go into this bondage where the nations then started to, to, you know, to invade the land and be in bondage. And then you see, out of that, the people then start to cry out to God. God, help us. And out of that, God's mercy and His love, because of His love and mercy, He delivers them. And then they enjoy a time of ease. And then after a time of ease, it starts all over again. It's like they forget. And it's this constant cycle that they go through constantly. And if you think about it, it's not too dissimilar to today. We might fall a little bit away from God, or we start getting in bondage to our sin, and then we cry out to God, and then God delivers us, and then we enjoy a time of peace, and then it starts all over again. So this is essentially what's happening in the book of Judges, and what God, how God delivers the people is through a judge, a leader, and that's it. And then we see what we have is... Now, we're going to look at Gideon. He's not one of the first judges. He's probably down into like the number five of the leaders that God raises up. And just before uh, Gideon, leading up to chapter six, Deborah has just finished leading the people of Israel into a time of rest for 40 years. So for 40 years, Deborah... Has after they've let has led the people of Israel, they enjoy peace time, and what happens? They end up forgetting, forgetting God, and and end, ending up into bondage. So it says here in um, Judges chapter six verse one: it says, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them gave them into the hands of the Midianites. That's a very sobering verse right there. God actually gives them into their bondage. They rebel and they fall away from, they, 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 they forget the God who led them into this promised land, into peace. And again, they fall into this bondage. And this is what it kind of looks like, to give you an illustration of where the people were. They would essentially work extremely hard and the Midianites would take away everything that they worked for. They would take their crops, their cattle, and they would be hiding literally they would be living in caves up on the mountain and they were in hiding they were in constant hiding this is definitely not what God intended but they were so enslaved by the people and they were so scared that they couldn't do anything else they would have a look at so what what, what in verse in verse 5 it says that they invaded the land to ravage it and midian it says midian was Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. They were in that position now. They couldn't bear it, so that they cry out to God for help. And in verse 7, it says this, When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you out of, the, out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the hand of Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of all the oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. God in his mercy has saved The people of israel before they have gone into this cycle and once again they find themselves in this cycle they cry out to god and god is willing to save them but how does he respond god actually responds with a rebuke a warning he says do you not remember where you come from why is it that you forget so easily? How is, I, so I, he reminds them of Egypt. He reminds them of the past. He reminds them how God had led them and saved them. Why is it that we're so quick to forget? I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I am the Lord your God, he said. Why is it that you worship other gods? So he rebukes them. The thing is, I believe that the way they cried out was more for desperation rather than a repentant heart. And that's why God challenges them. He challenges them. Israel, the thing is this, Israel got themselves into this mechanical process Of of we do bad, God saves us. We do bad, God will save us. It's this mechanical process that they found themselves in. We do bad, we cry out to God, God will save us. We do bad, we cry out to God, God will save us. It's this process that they've gotten themselves in. And it's not a good process, it's a very dangerous one. It's not good. Have a look at this. In uh, verse 11b, it says, Gideon was threshing the wheat in the winepress to keep from the Midianites. Gideon was scared. And God comes to him. So the angel of the Lord comes to him. And when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon is scared. God listens to the cry of the people Yes, with a rebuke, but he does listen to them and he has mercy on them. He now is about to raise up Gideon to deliver them out of their bondage. Gideon is a very scared man. He's doing the work that he's meant to do out in the field, out in the open, but instead he's in a wine press, which is essentially this enclosed area, and it's not the right place for the job. He's actually scared. And God calls him a mighty warrior. And we read, you know, he's the least in his family. He's the least of the people. This is a surprise for Gideon. He's shocked. God calls him to do a crazy job. To lead the people into a time of peace and out of bondage. But he calls him a mighty warrior. Interesting. God is actually seeing... Not Gideon for what he is, but what he will be in God's strength. Because his strength is not there. He doesn't have strength. He's quite a weak man. And he says in verse 15, Pardon me, Lord. Pardon me. Excuse me, God. Excuse me. Do you have the right person? Gideon replied, But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest. So, Gideon he doesn't truly believe, he he doesn't he tests God. <laughs> Not a good thing to do. <laughs> Don't read Gideon and think that you can just test God. <laughs> it 's not a good thing it's what happens here is this Gideon essentially doesn 't really believe that this is the angel of the Lord speaking to him you know he's calls him a mighty warrior he 's like, "Yeah, God, cool. well, this is it if you 're really God, if you're really telling me to do this i 'm going to put you to the test. What Gideon does, he does a couple of um crazy things, and God responds. He actually stoops down to gideon 's level to 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 show him that yes, I am the one. Who, you're, who, who is speaking to you, I am God. And I am going to deliver you, to, to deliver Israel through you, you're going to be my agent. And so, essentially, what happens, to kind of fast track, Gideon gathers up an army of 32,000 men, ready for battle. Things are looking really good. You got, Gideon's got this massive army. 32,000, and it wasn't really as big as the Midianite army. It was much bigger. But Gideon's got this army. He's ready to go. He's listened to God. He's done what God has asked him to do, and he's ready to go. It's looking fantastic. And then we read this. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. (laughs) Surprise. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel will boast against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. God has just dwindled down the army from 32,000 to 10,000. That's a 32,000 people is kind of like the whole of Dapto and the whole of Albion Park and the rail. Kind of 32,000 people. He's dwindled it down to 10,000. So can you imagine Gideon, the way he's feeling? It was looking great. It was looking really good. But then we read this. And the Lord said to Gideon, There are still too many men. Take them down to the water, and I will thin them out there for you. Gideon took the men down to the water. The Lord told him, Separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog from those who kneel down to drink. Three hundred of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. And the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give you the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. <laughs> so, God again dwindles down the army down to 300. Now, I don't know what the capacity is in here. Is it, what's, there's, okay. Okay. 500 is the capacity in this room with the seats. God dwindles down the army from 32,000 to 10,000 to now less than the people that can fit in here. That's mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Can you see the situation here? And here, this this is the other thing. Gideon, it now has 300 men facing an incredible army. And they're armed, not with weapons, but with clay jars and trumpets. Clay jars with torches in them and trumpets. This is just the way God asked him to defeat the army. That is a crazy picture. And it's just something that we have to understand why. Here's the thing. And God did tell us, He said, He told the people, if you go into this battle with your 32,000 men armed and you defeat the Midianites, you will boast that you did it. But God wants to put that out of their minds. Now, to, 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 to be clear, that it was God who delivered them out of bondage, not their own strength. Why on earth would God do that? Why would God do that? Is it so that God can flex His muscles and show everyone His power? No. It's actually because God is after their hearts. God is after the heart of the people. God is after their hearts so that they wouldn't turn back to other gods. And so that, that so they can see that God is, yes, powerful, but also loving, and so that their hearts can then turn towards Him and not other things. He's after their affection. He's inviting them to something better. They were somewhere where they thought that was good and it got them into a bad situation. They turned to things that they thought was better and they ended up into bondage. But God is inviting them to something better. He's inviting them to Himself. And that is why He's trying to show the people His power. And also to show Gideon that it's not your strength, Gideon. It's my strength. So Gideon steps out in faith. (laughs) Again, like Gideon, picture this scenario. Gideon is there. He's trusted God. He didn't really believe God at first. He tries to test him. But then Gideon steps out in faith to trust God. And they end up defeating the Midianites, the Amorites, and defeating them with not weapons, but doing what God has asked them to do. And that was a crazy victory. And that was a victory that was something to realize that it's God that does the mighty work in the people. Now, the book of Judges is essentially a sobering explanation. Actually, I'm, I'm fast, fast-tracking here. I'm going to go back. Um, We see here that essentially, um, to to give you an illustration of actually what it looked like, here's here's essentially a picture of the army, of of what it looked like, 300 verse, you know, the the, the crazy Midianite army size, just a little bit of an illustration of of picture. It was was a crazy illustration there, just to kind of see, and this is how essentially they were going to battle without any weapons and trusting God. Trusting God. So the book of the book of Judges is, is essentially this. It's, a very, it's an explanation of the human condition and ultimately it points out the need for God's grace to send a king who will rescue his people. And what we do now is what we're going to do is actually fast forward to the New Testament and we find ourselves in the New Testament and we see that now we have Rome who are in power. And we see the people are under the Roman influence there. And evil is reigning. And the people are in bondage. And, and we know that all this is because of sin. The people have forgotten God. We, we, we're, sin essentially enslaves us. And the heart of the Father for all humanity is to Free us from the bondage of sin. So what we see is we see another picture here, not dissimilar from Gideon. We see an unlikely person that God shows himself to. A young teenage girl in the town of Galilee by the name of Mary And Jesus essentially says to her... Sorry, um, the angel of the Lord essentially says to her that you will bring forth a child who will rescue the people. And he will be the one who conquers enemy of sin forever. He will be the one who will die in our place and takes our punishment and enables enables us to have a true relationship with the Father. And the one who will bring out and 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 ultimately defeat darkness, the one who will um, literally defeat death, and he's going to be the one that clothes us with righteousness, not because of our own righteousness, but because of his. He's the one that dies on the cross, takes on our sin and then we will have his righteousness. And when the Father looks at us he won't see our sin he will see the perfect son who died in our place. This is the king who will reign forever, the true king. And that is definitely something to be celebrated that is something to celebrate jesus is the essential gift to his people sin is conquered on the cross in matthew 1 21, it says this she will give a birth to a son and you are to give him the name jesus because he will save his people from their sins He sends a perfect king, the Messiah, born of a very unlikely young woman. And so, what do we get from this? What does this look like for us? Where do we go with this? Well, for one, we need to look to Jesus. He is our king, and he's the one that saves us. But it's interesting how God uses unlikely people god will use us in times as well you might think i'm not really equipped for this or i'm not really the one that god will really use to do something amazing yeah you might not gather an army of thirty-two thousand and drive out a nation you're not going to do that but you will speak to your neighbor about jesus and that's challenging But God will call you. And God will call us to do other things that might seem a little bit crazy, a little bit uncomfortable. But God will call you. See, God uses sinful people. God uses broken people. And God uses everything in between. Because if He wouldn't, then He wouldn't really have anyone to use. (laughs) And here's the thing. When we are weak, he is strong. If we can realize that I don't really know God, I don't know if I can do this. Well, good. That's exactly where he wants you. <laughs> because it's not your strength, it's his. It wasn't Midian's, it, sorry, it wasn't Gideon's strength, it was God's. It wasn't the fact that Mary was this person that did, that they had this qualification of being a virgin Bertha. <laughs> she was not, this is crazy. God chose an unlikely person to bring about the Messiah. And He uses us, weak people. To do things that he's calling us to do, to change people's lives, and to impact this world for good. And number three is this trust God, step out, believing what he says about you, and believe what the Bible says about you. You're made in the image of God. And I want to encourage you to step out, trust God, believe in Him, trust Him, know that you're weak, but He is strong. Trust in God. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much again for this morning for your Word, and I ask that your Holy Spirit will work in us to continue to do your work here today. Amen.